Today is May 5th, 2021, and our first story. The Olympics have announced that Black Lives Matter signs and apparel, political protests, are going to be banned. You will not be allowed to kneel or fist pump or anything like that. And I think people are sick and tired of the politics infesting everything, and they just need some reprieve. We know that ratings for major league sports have been dropping, and this is just another sign that people are fed up. In our next story, Antifa members in the Seattle Autonomous Zone were calling 911, but EMS and police did not respond, and a young man died. Now the city is being sued over this, which is kind of hilarious and very hypocritical. And in our last story, Facebook's oversight board has announced Trump will remain banned, which is all stupid and pointless because we knew this was going to be the outcome. They're saying Mark Zuckerberg needs to decide what they're going to do with Trump because no one will take responsibility. Before we get started, if you like this show, please give it a good review. Give us five stars. And if you really like the show, please share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. With ongoing riots and indoctrination of critical race theory in our schools, there's a lot to be pessimistic about, but there are signs that things aren't all bad. The war is still raging and hope is not lost. The Olympics has announced they will ban Black Lives Matter apparel and could punish athletes for political demonstrations. It's not just that some panel is saying we don't want we don't want protests here. I'm sure Black Lives Matter activists and many leftists will argue it is just a group of international elites rejecting the will of the people when in fact it's the majority of the athletes saying we don't believe it is appropriate to have this kind of messaging in the Olympics. We have seen people tune out of major league sports. They don't want to watch it anymore because there is this creepy cult like social justice narrative permeating many sports. You turn on ESPN and you hear some dude who should be talking about stats start talking about racial justice stats. And so, sure, I guess he's talking about statistics, but more we are more interested in our like fantasy football league, not what happened in Kenosha or some of these other places. Now, maybe people should be paying attention to these things. Maybe politics should be a bit more prominent, but I also think people have the option to escape, right? We don't want to always be bogged down 24-7 by this incessant social justice narrative. It makes people go insane. You see that video of the cop pulling over the woman because she was using her cell phone while driving and she starts yelling at the guy. He's a Mexican cop that he'll never be white, that he's a murderer. That's the problem with nonstop, incessant social justice narratives. It makes people see only this and to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. These people see nothing but posts on social media. They turn on sports. There's the same narrative. Eventually, people snap. And then you get very scary scenarios like this one instance where Black Lives Matter protesters storm into a patio. A guy pulls out a gun. We had another story where a guy stopped two people he thought were Antifa. Now he's getting charged. He's been sentenced to four years probation. He said he didn't know what came over him. We've seen stories about people in the Pacific Northwest worried about Antifa coming into their neighborhoods because, look, there is a real problem with Black Lives Matter and Antifa riots, and people are seeing it everywhere. Now, it is a lot of the media fear mongering. It is a hyper focus. And I think everybody in media, including myself, plays a role in this, though I don't believe it's intentional for everyone. We need to have an opportunity to escape. 
Sure, you might come to my channel and I'll tell you all about the crazy scenarios and shenanigans and chicanery within the uh, political establishment and what's happening with the cultural establishment. But there needs to be an opportunity to go watch something else, movies, video games, something. Sports, completely inundated. So the the Olympics is making its move. And I think we're seeing a backlash because of the incessant Black Lives Matter protesting. We're seeing polls show support for Black Lives Matter today is down from where it was a year and a half or two years ago. So I guess there's still good news for people who are opposing critical race theory, critical theory in general, and wokeness. We now have another story where a father pulled his daughter out of this prestigious school and says they're teaching your kids to hate themselves based on the color of their skin. There may be a turning of the tides, but the night is always darkest before the dawn, so we must stay stay vigilant to what's happening with the woke cult. First, let's read about what's happening with the Olympics banning Black Lives Matter. And I'll just say, I think this is one of the most substantive and significant moves happening so far. These, these activists can claim it's the appropriate thing and we're fighting white supremacy and all that stuff. But I got to tell you, when the rest of the planet tells you you're crazy, maybe it's time to start looking around at yourself. This weird cult-like ideology emerging in the U.S. is being rejected by people around the world. Before we get started with the story, head over to TimCast.com, click this beautiful members only button, and you can become a member to get access to the members area, exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast. We had Kim Klasik. You may know her. She ran for office out of Baltimore as a Republican. Now she's running a, a political action committee. She talked about Black Lives Matter being communist. She gave us her opinions. You can check that out at TimCast.com's members only area. But don't forget to like share, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Let's read the story. WBTV reports the IOC says athlete protests and political messages will remain banned at the Olympics after a survey found that a majority of competitors were in favor of keeping the ban in place. That means raising a fist on the podium or taking a knee would still risk punishment at the Tokyo Games this year. The IOC also said that slogans such as Black Lives Matter, will not be allowed on athlete apparel at Olympic venues. Though it approved using the words peace, respect, solidarity, inclusion, and equity on t-shirts. The IOC said it surveyed more than 3,500 athletes over the past year, and that 70% said it was not appropriate to demonstrate or express their views on the field of play or at the opening or closing ceremony. The IOC says any instance of breaking the rules will be evaluated by an athlete's respective National Olympic Committee, International Federation, and the IOC, and disciplinary action will be taken on a case-by-case basis as necessary. The Olympic body's legal commission should clarify what kind of punishment before this year's games, which open on July 23rd. Athletes who make political or social justice protests at the Tokyo Olympics have been promised legal support by a global union and an activist group in Germany. And keep in mind, this means no protesting China either. I still think this is, I still think it's fairly appropriate. Of course, there's an argument to be made in that I might say it's inappropriate for Black Lives Matter shirts, this organization is communist, or whatever someone might say. You might oppose the riots and want justice, an actual functioning justice system. I also think we should be able to protest China, but that's the issue at hand. Okay. I take issue with the framing around Black Lives Matter, the corruption of our justice system, and the expansion of the riots and the violence. I'm not a fan of it. I'm also taking issue with what China's doing, and I understand 
Maybe this is not the appropriate arena for the political conversation. However, athletes still are allowed to protest, just not in the games. So maybe this makes sense. They go on to say, the pledges by the World Players Association and Athleten Deutschland came one day after the IOC confirmed its long-standing ban on demonstration or, uh, demonstration or political, religious, or racial propaganda. Rule 50 applies to the field of play, metal podiums and opening and closing ceremonies. Raising a fist or kneeling for a national anthem could lead to punishment. Under Rule 50, protests and demonstrations are banned at all Olympic venues, including on the field of play in the Olympic Village, during Olympic medal ceremonies, and during the opening, closing, and other official ceremonies. The IOC says any protest or demonstration outside Olympic venues must comply with logical, with, with local, sorry, local legislation, wherever local law forbids such actions. During the Olympic Games, athletes have the opportunity to express their views in these situations, during press conferences and interviews, i.e. The, in the mixed zones, in the International Broadcasting Center, or the main media center at team meetings on digital or traditional media or on other platforms. The IOC says it should be noted that expressing views is different from protests and demonstrations. It should be noted, too, that these guidelines are also applicable to any other accredited person, trainers, coach, coaches, officials. I like it. You want to express your opinion, you're allowed to do it. You want to speak to the media, you can do it. Do you want to protest and take a knee and do these other things? You can't do that. I respect it. Otherwise, everybody would be protesting everybody. And I think they're trying to have they're trying to have a sporting event. But that doesn't mean people can't speak their minds. So I respect the attempt at balancing this. Maybe some people just want to get away from this stuff and watch someone do a double backflip or something and not have to be entrenched 24 seven in political conflict. They say the IOC says it should be noted expressing views is different. Here are some examples of what would constitute a protest, displaying any political messaging, including signs or armbands, gestures of a political nature, like a hand gesture or kneeling, refusal to follow the ceremony's protocol. What happens if an athlete or participant fails to respect these policies? If an athlete or participant is in, a, in breach of Rule 50 and the Olympic Charter, each incident will be evaluated by their respective National Olympic Committee, International Federation, and the IOC. And, and disciplinary action will be taken on a case-by-case -case basis, which they already mentioned earlier on. In conclusion, these guidelines have been developed with the aim that each and every one of you can enjoy the experience of the Olympic Games without any divisive disruption. Okay, according to a Forbes, in a letter, several athletes, including John Carlos, who raised his fist in the podium at the 1968 Games and, ex and, uh, and expelled from Olympic competition, wrote, athletes will no longer be silenced. Well, you know what? It's a, it's, there's a balance between free speech and, I don't know, like the Olympics, okay? Free speech in your time on, uh, you know, however you want to protest, I think should be protected. You're cruising down the highway, windows rolled down, tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com slash Carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more, all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. 
Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com/carlson. That's carshield.com/carlson. Visit now. The Olympics is something different. It's a private event. And I know I can already hear people saying, but Tim, you're you're talking about Facebook and censorship. Facebook is one massive platform which essentially is only valuable because people are there and can express themselves. You t- by by censoring people on Facebook you're dramatically altering the function of government in a country. The Olympics is like once every four years. Maybe we should allow people their escape. Check this out. Yahoo Sports says nearly half of American sports fans changed viewing habits because of social justice. This is, this is from back in March 29th. They say in the wake of last summer's social justice protests, which consumed sports for much of the second half of 2020, nearly half of all Americans changed their viewing habits, according to a new YouGov poll. As athletes and leagues embrace a new progressive strategy aimed at amplifying messages of social justice, some Americans began watching more sports, but about three times as many watched less. So imagine you're the Olympic Committee and you're like, we want people to focus on the games. We want people to be less focused on fighting with each other and divisiveness and conflict. Maybe we shouldn't have this kind of thing. I think regular people are fed up and I think regular people deserve an opportunity to watch like ice skating without someone slapping them in the face with more of the same protest, protest, protest. And that goes for the Hong Kong protests, protesting China and Black Lives Matter. I certainly hope American athletes, when they're giving their press conferences, when they're speaking their mind, they do talk about what they care about, including Black Lives Matter. I hope people talk about Hong Kong and China. But during the games, let's just give ourselves a little break. I suppose. I mean, whatever. It is tough. People should be allowed to speak, but there's a tough balance. I feel like if we don't at least have some reprieve from this, we're going to explode. And I've got some examples of people, you know, exploding. But let me let me show you something. Let me show you where I think people are losing their minds. Or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, where people are are saying enough, enough. We need to be able to watch something else and just calm down. The tensions are boiling over. People are fighting in the streets. A dude pulled a gun. Uh, Some armed protesters approach a bistro, a bistro, and this guy pulls out a small gun. I think he's like a Derringer or something. Nah, calm down. Like we want to avoid all this stuff. That's why I thought sports was great. It's funny because I mentioned this before. Like when I was younger, I wished people paid less attention to sports and more to politics. Now that I'm older, I'm like, nah, I kind of see why you need that outlet. Check this out. Do you support or oppose the Black Lives Matter movement from civics? 239,898 responses spanning all the way back to May of 2017. 2017. Check this out. In November of 2017, negative four net support for Black Lives Matter. But over the years, net support increased. In the beginning of January 2020, Net support for Black Lives Matter was at 10%. So this means net support is like opposition and support, you know, together. So so this shows that many people actually, more people supported Black Lives Matter than opposed it. Grant Taylor was killed. It went up. George Floyd was killed. It reached 19%, 18%, peaking at around 24% net support, meaning most people, the overwhelming majority supported Black Lives Matter. And then the riots happened. And our brains started to boil and people got mad and frustrated and scared and people didn't want to speak out. People still probably oppose most of the stuff, but are worried about getting canceled. 
So what happens? My friends, where do you think we are right now? If in the beginning of 2020, Black Lives Matter had 10% net support, after everything we've seen with George Floyd, with Dante Wright, with Chauvin, certainly with Chauvin getting convicted, support must be through the roof for Black Lives Matter. Actually, as of today, Civics is tracking 7% net support for Black Lives Matter. And don't get me wrong, this is still support for Black Lives Matter, but it's down. It's been going down. People are fed up. It's not just that it's going down. It's that opposition is rising. People are saying no to this. They don't like the critical race theory. They don't like the insanity from the Daily Mail. Dad who pulled his daughter out of woke $43,000 per year NYC school and moved to Florida urges others to do the same because curriculum teaches kids to feel bad about the color of their skin. I love how this dude moved to Florida. He's in New York. His daughter is in this expensive school. She probably comes home and tells him this insane activist stuff. And he goes, you probably shouldn't go to this school anymore. Good for him. And then, you know, wow, he moved his family to Florida. And on Tuesday said others should follow suit. Why does it got to be Florida? Ron DeSantis, why couldn't you be the governor of like, I don't know, Ohio or something or a state with a with a with a more temperate climate? Florida is so hot and humid. Man, become a governor of West Virginia or something. West Virginia's not doing all that bad, but I think all these other governors should be following what Ron DeSantis is doing in many in, in many regards. So of course people are going to move there because it's normal. It's 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 the way things used to be, not perfectly. But this guy is saying no to the wokeness. He's watched what his what his daughter did, and I think it's I think it's important. I think people are standing up and saying no to the lies, to the manipulations, to the deception. Let me give you an example. Woman is suing Black Lives Matter Sacramento for posting fake racist emails claiming she wrote. Why would they do this? They're grifters. They make things up. When you see these sporting events and they put, they, look, look, look at it this way. We see net support for Black Lives Matter lower than it was in the beginning of 2020. Yet in sports, what did we see in the NFL? They put Jacob Blake's name on their helmets. This is a dude who had assaulted a woman and was going to kidnap her kids and grabbed a knife. So the cops shot him. I don't like that it happened. It's a tragic event. But then the NFL players support this dude. Look at what they're doing now with Micaiah Bryant. The, 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 the young woman about to stab another woman. And they're mad at the cop for saving the woman who's about to get shot. And they say, yeah, well, the woman was, she was self-defense. Dude, you call, it's, it's, listen, the narratives are lies. They don't care for nuance. They don't care for, for, uh, they don't care for the truth. Look at this story. The Sacramento chapter of Black Lives Matter is being sued by a Texas woman after she says the group's founder accused her of racist and threatening emails she never sent. I was shocked. I was in total disbelief, said Crowley. Kara Crowley is the woman. Black Lives Matter Sacramento received racist emails last week calling white people kings and claiming Crowley always taught our children to fear African-Americans. Crowley says, despite the account handle, the emails didn't come from her. Absolutely not. I don't believe any of that, she said. BLM Sacramento took to Facebook to post the hateful emails, garnering hundreds of likes and sparking backlash on social media. To expose the person behind the account, Black Lives Matter Sacramento founder Tanya Faison went on to write about Crowley that her information has been verified. She knew my business address, P.O. Box, phone numbers, said Crowley, who claims she asked Faison to remove the post. Cara wrote to them and said, this is not me. 
They should have pulled it down. They refused. The real goal is to have this trash taken off the internet and have BLM apologize for what they've done. They didn't just get some emails and then post it. They claimed they verified it was all legitimate. People are sick of the grift. Unfortunately, I think too many people are cowards. And so because of the political power wielded by those who would engage in violent acts, you will just see more and more of this stuff, man. You're going to see it's remarkable how this vocal minority actually let me do this before I go on. Let me shout out Dave Portnoy of uh, Barstool Sports. This is a guy who recently was on the cover of N, I believe it's N magazine. They were, there, there were people complaining that he was on the cover of this magazine, Nantucket. No, I guess that's, it. that's a Nantucket magazine. And so they apologized for having him on the cover. He said, it's unfortunate that the powers that be at N magazine are spineless jellyfish who are held hostage by the whims of the vocal minority. Meanwhile, I will continue, continue to do my best to make Nantucket and America a better place. While those who hate me can continue to throw cry parties for themselves about how I made a joke they didn't like 20 years ago. I like this guy. Bravo, good sir. People need to stand up and stop listening to this vocal fringe minority. Now, I will say we can call them a vocal minority. They do have 7% net support, according to Civic. So it's not entirely minority. The vocal minority are those that are activists, though. Unfortunately, there's a lot of, you know, useful idiots and ignorant people who just follow along. This is what you get when you have spineless jellyfish leaders. NJ police officer says she was fired over Facebook post calling Black Lives Matter protesters terrorists. I was devastated, former Hopewell Township police officer Sarah Irwin said. Well, you know what? Far be it from me to defend New Jersey police. New Jersey is one of the most authoritarian states in the country, and it's awful. But I will say, at least this officer stood up and called out Black Lives Matter extremists for what they are, and she lost her job because of it. I think this is your I think you are seeing people, regular people say no to this. Now, of course, a cop is going to oppose people who are insulting them and calling them terrorists and things like that. They say former Hopewell Township officer Sarah Irwin explained what prompted her to write the post that she said led to losing her jobs, losing her job, that she was fired for calling them terrorists. A second officer, Sergeant Mandy Gray, who appeared with Irwin on the show, was suspended and demoted for liking the post. You see, that's insane. Our institutions are being run by spineless jellyfish. I'm glad to see the IOC saying y'all shouldn't be doing this. It's interesting when you look at Colin Kaepernick. People like on the left were saying you get mad when Kaepernick protests peacefully and then you get mad when they protest violently. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you can't even get mad when they protest. They're not, they're not the same thing. I think in, in sports, if people individually want to put a name on their helmet, fine, go do it. I think if someone wants to take a knee, fine, go do it. The problem is it was engulfing sports entirely. It was becoming corporate wokeism. It was just taking away from what these were supposed to be escapes. You want to turn on a movie. You want to, you want to get away from the politics. You want to have an opportunity to calm down. That was being taken away. Certainly respect people's right to free speech. However, there's a big difference when people are like, hey, I don't like you protesting when I watch football. I agree. I understand why they're mad. And they say, hey, I don't like you burning things down. They're saying go peacefully protest outside. Now, look, you want to disrupt, disrupt a sporting event? I'm actually in favor of this. I disagree. I don't like it. But what I mean is I believe nonviolent civil disobedience is a good thing. I think if people want to engage in that, it's a good thing. However, when we're looking at international relations, 
I, I lean towards liking the idea that the IOC is going to say, don't raise your fist or take a knee or do these things. The Olympics, let's give people a chance to not be engaged in politics because I'm worried about the escalation. But again, I encourage people, as they stated in your interviews and everything, you can, you can express yourself. I'm worried about the escalation if we don't have an opportunity to sit back, crack open a beer, have a slice of pizza, and watch somebody do a backflip. So I, I don't know where you draw the line. It's difficult. My, my concern is how hot things are getting, right? You know, if, when, when we have all of these people like tuning out of NBA and, and NFL, they don't want to watch anymore. The things they like, they're, they're rejecting. You can see people just don't want politics in these, uh, uh, in sports and in video games and things like that. And I'll even mention too, like there, there was this moment in the, in the game Hearthstone where a competitor held up a free Hong Kong thing and got, got you know, in trouble with, uh, with the... Uh, with, with Blizzard, the company, a lot of people were like, how dare you silence? He's speaking out for, for, for Hong Kong. And I th- I'm pretty sure I was on the side of they shouldn't be deferential to China. But I will always mention, I understand why people don't want politics in their games for that reason. And because of how insane things have gotten over the past few years, I'm leaning towards that as well. A private entity, a sporting event doesn't have to support this. And I, I got to say, they probably shouldn't be. Check this out. Diner in Louisville draws handgun as armed BLM protesters swarm restaurant. They say images showed a Louisville restaurant patron pointing a handgun at armed Black Lives Matter protesters who swarmed the outdoor dining patio. Now, let's just make sure we get the context right. They stormed the patio. They went up to these people. Someone drew their weapon. We already saw it with the McCloskeys. We're likely going to see it again. We already saw somebody, uh, you know, Aaron Danielson gunned down by far leftists. I'm just like, maybe we got to chill on this one. You know what I mean? It makes me worried. You know, uh, I don't like what China does with the Uyghur Muslims. I don't like what they're doing with Hong Kong. I think it's a very serious threat to the world and to our country. You have many leftists arguing similar things about white supremacy. I think they don't live in reality, but certainly the communists claim the information we get about the Uyghur Muslims is propaganda. So it's hard to know where to draw the line, which is why I'm always in favor of free speech. I do, however, respect private institutions to say, don't do that here. It's funny because I made a comment about, you know, Facebook oligopoly and how they ban Trump. And someone said a, a store that wants to ban you because you came in screaming is the right to ban you. And I'm like, there's a big difference. But they're right, aren't they? The Olympics has a right to kick you out if you're running around screaming. Makes sense to me. The, the Olympics is not an, an event intended for people to, to express their political grievances. It's a place where a bunch of different countries come together for sporting events. And I think the Olympics is very important for international relations. I think different countries coming together in, in agreement on a sporting event or some kind or like the International Space Station is really good for world peace. We have obligations to each other. We, we have our competitions in the, in the sporting arena. So if they don't want political speech, I get that. Facebook's different. Facebook is a massive multinational platform where, polit- where, where political discourse shapes government policy. It's very, very different. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, 
They offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. I'm worried about stories like this. You know, here, let me, let me uh, read you a little bit more. They say Louisville Metro Police on Saturday evening responded to La Chasse, however you pronounce it, La Chasse, an upscale European restaurant located in, you know, located in Louisville, whatever. As protesters were marching northland on the street, a restaurant employee told dispatchers that multiple armed protesters entered the restaurant property, which included outdoor dining space. A reporter for the Louisville Courier tweeted several photos and videos of the incident. A man was seen pointing his pistol at several demonstrators during an altercation. Now, he had it at, at his hip, and I believe it was just a derringer. So it probably, it, I believe it possibly could hold, uh, I think, five rounds of 22, or I don't, I don't know what kind of gun it was. I can probably check. Maybe a single or, or, or you know, double shot nine millimeter. Not like a Glock 17. He wasn't like, you know, not, not like a full size handgun. It's still, he was pointing a gun. Quote, during the encounter, both patrons and protesters brandished firearms, Smiley said in an email to Fox News. This incident occurred after the arrests of southbound protesters in the area of 1500 block of Bards, Bardstown Road. The arrests of that group were made after protesters repeatedly blocked the roadway, despite me being giving warnings, blah, blah, blah. Protesters marched. We get it. People carried signs. Louisville Metro Police Department shared a live stream. At least five protest-related arrests were made. Records share with Fox News that individuals arrested had ignored several announcements, as we know. The important thing is, many of these people were armed. I'm worried about where the escalation takes us, because we've already seen people lose their lives. People get shot at, shot at. It's scary. There was a guy, I think, in Nevada. There was Kyle Rittenhouse. There was Aaron Danielson. What do we do to make everybody calm down? I don't know. But I, but I, but I do think people are fed up with, with the, the insanity. Maybe not. Maybe we're just polarizing more, right? So I can show you that net support for Black Lives Matter is down from January of 2020 from 10 to 7 percent, even though they had a massive spike after the killing of George Floyd. But you can really see the, 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 the expansion of the exploitation and how if we don't get a chance to distract ourselves in some capacity, then hyperpolarization will continue. What's worrying to me is that politics has become team sports. And when it does, people will do anything to win. They'll cheat. Remember that cheating scandal, the deflated footballs or whatever, or the guy who was like pointing the camera at the other coach and trying to like eavesdrop on what they were saying? People want to win. I'd rather have people lie, cheat, and steal to win a trophy than lie, cheat, and steal to gain political power and then wield it against their, the other tribe. You may have heard about the Derek Chauvin case, how a juror lied about attending a Black Lives Matter protest. He went to an event where the Floyd family actually spoke. This is being this is contributing to a, a motion for a new trial. The defense of Derek Chauvin has said they weren't given a fair trial. And wow, are there a lot of claims? And I think it's true. Jack Basobic pulled something up really interesting. Jack said, now Juror 52 is saying he doesn't remember wearing or owning the George Floyd T-shirt. Be a shame if someone found his YouTube account that shows him wearing it on his podcast. In the story from Axios, Jack highlights, Mitchell said the picture was posted by his uncle and that he doesn't remember wearing or owning the shirt. 
He said the event was 100% not a march for Floyd. Why? Because on his questionnaire in the trial, he said he did not attend these protests. Jack pulled up from one of his videos with only 150 views. The same guy wearing this shirt. This is from the B. B. Mitchell, The Wholesome Podcast, episode 70. How do you feel about dating someone who is abstinent? And he's wearing the shirt that says, get your knee off our necks. I don't want to rehash that whole story about Chauvin. I'm just highlighting the team sports aspect of do anything to win no matter what, regardless of if you're justified or right or telling the truth. These people are clearly lying. They just want to win. They don't care about justice. They don't care. They just want to win. Fine, win a football match or a soccer match. We have these things, you know, people look down on them in many ways. But I think as you know, growing up, I've, I've realized the importance of reprieve of movies, of video games. We show up to work. We talk about the things that are frustrating and that bog us down and that are difficult. And then we get our, as I like to refer to, sort of a, a, well, we'll just call it a release of tension to calm down. You know what I like doing? I like watching Star Trek. You know, in the middle of the day, because I work in the morning and then I work again at night. I work from like uh, eight in the morning till about 4 p.m. And then I work again from about seven to 11 p.m. And during the day, I can just tune everything out and I can watch some TV shows that have nothing to do with anything. And I've been watching 90s TV shows because they just weren't beating me over the head politically. It's tough turning on a sporting event and then seeing this messaging. It's tough trying to watch, you know, like skateboarding or something and then seeing this stuff just get injected into it. I'm like, dude, leave me alone. I just play Magic the Gathering. Then it got woke and I'm like, dude, I don't want to play this game. I want to I want to I want to play a game where we just mind our own business and crack a beer and have some pizza. I don't actually drink for the most part, but you know, just just ignore this stuff for just a moment so that we can kind of chill out and not be so agitated and frustrated and angry all the time. Put some of our energy into something like the Olympics. So I'll be cheering on, you know, the USA team skateboarding is going to be in the Olympics. I'm all there for it. Although I've been bummed out with how corporate skateboarding's become really as it's become corporate. Maybe it's always been that way. Maybe I've never seen it because, you know, I was too busy, but I've, ne- I've never been too much into the industry. I just look at all this stuff and I'm like, yo, we need to chill. Even now I'm doing a segment about the Olympics and I'm sure a lot of people are like, dude, don't want to hear it. Just leave me alone. I get it. I get it, man. Let's, let's, let's create some space to calm down. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then. If you follow me on Twitter, you may notice sometimes that I'll post a series of screenshots from news articles, and the only comment I'll provide is that I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to spark a flame in your heart. Is that the lyrics? And this is a reference to, uh, it's a song. It's a good song, by the way. It's really old. And it's from the intro to Fallout 3. If you're not familiar with Fallout 3, it's a video game about a post-apocalyptic future and nuclear war wipes everybody out. So it's just my reference to the good old collapse. Which brings me to this morning segment. Seattle paramedics left team to die in chop zone lawsuit. Okay, let's think for a second. Seattle paramedics, the city, they're being sued because when Antifa set up their autonomous zone and they didn't allow the city in, several people died. One person was shot not in the vital organs several times, like hands, buttocks, arms, and was bleeding out and died because of it because the cops and the paramedics could not get in and couldn't respond. They're blaming the city saying, well, you should have gone in anyway. Okay, now let's take a look at what, what, what our good friend LeBron James is saying. 
He tweeted, I feel the wrong conversation about Micaiah Bryant, and I owe it to her in this movement to change it. Thank you, Fabio Lacienas, for educating us about Micaiah and her story and why this needs to be about her. All right. So they're mad when cops don't intervene and someone dies, and they're mad when cops intervene and someone dies. Look, there's no solution here. What we're seeing and the reason why I opened with the Fallout 3 reference is that the only outcome is absolute collapse. And uh, pay some homage to uh, V for Vendetta. If you're looking for the guilty party, you need only look in the mirror. We have no sense of community anymore. We have no sense of duty or responsibility. Not us, probably, for the most part. I think it's fair to say that you can criticize me for not doing certain things or, you know, many watching probably aren't doing enough. But maybe it's a bit too, I don't know, hyperbolic at the very least to say that we, those who are actively paying attention and trying to solve the problems, are the ones causing the problems. Okay, the average people, the people involved in these stories, need only look in a mirror. LeBron James linked to a story from Vox, which is one of the most ridiculous, ridiculous bits of sophistry I've ever seen. And therein lies the problem here. I'm going to read to you about the Seattle paramedics, but I want to get into the hypocrisy and the untenable circumstance we find ourselves in. Vox writes this article Ab, like straight up saying Micaiah Bryant was wielding a knife and charging a woman. What do you think would have happened if the cop did nothing? Perhaps we would get this story. You see, the cop intervenes to stop a knife wielding woman. And now he's a murderer. The paramedics and the police do not intervene to save someone who was shot and killed by an, by our, in a drive by. And they are responsible. If no matter what we do, Black Lives Matter will scream and riot. And the mainstream media and the establishment will support it. I got to say, whether it's intentional or not is, is irrelevant. Whether the Democrats are trying to make this happen or not is irrelevant. It's happening. The dominoes are falling over. The system is being ripped apart. And it seems like no matter what course of action we take, they will scream and freak out. Unless, of course, we end up with an actual far right fascistic authoritarian type who just tells them to shut up and starts locking them up. But I'm not a fan of that either. That to me would still be collapse a loss of our freedoms in exchange for some security. Nah, I, I'm, I'm a bit pessimistic about what's happening. And, you know, shout out to Michael Malice, who has said, you know, don't be blackpilled. These people are fools and uh, uh, paraphrasing things of that nature. It's not about, you know, being pessimistic because there is a group of, you know, people taking over the seats of government. The pessimism is that the system is rotting to its core and there's no way to secure the foundation at this point. Maybe the best thing we can do is find our communities. Uh, maybe you should read Atlas Shrugged. Maybe go found your own Galt's Gulch. Just get away from the cities. It feels like the collapse is, is inevitable simply because the structure that holds up our society has rotted to the core. And what can we do about it? Now, granted, these are two different jurisdictions, but you can see how the national media handles these things. I think it's inevitable. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. Maybe it's just the dominoes falling over. We can see it. Here's the story from the New York Post. A teenager was left to die by paramedics on the cold, hard ground after being shot on the edge of Seattle's autonomous zone. Notice of claims filed Wednesday allege. Lorenzo Anderson, 19, was shot several times on June 20th last year, right outside of the city's Capitol Hill organized protest, CHOP, a seven-block autonomous zone that sprouted up amid Black Lives Matter protests after the police murdered George Floyd, the, the claim states. At the time, the area was overrun by anarchists. Not true. I reject that. Get your facts straight, New York Post. And self-appointed security guards who were policing the area with semi-automatic weapons and wouldn't allow police to enter after 10 p.m., the claims state. Okay, okay, okay. So the claims are stating that. 
They're not anarchists. Anarchists come in a variety of, of uh, fashions. You have anarcho-capitalists who are like, leave the state out of it. Don't hurt other people. Let's freely trade with each other and take care of ourselves. And then you have left anarchists who are like, let's not have anyone be in charge and let's negotiate and cooperate with each other. Unfortunately for the left anarchists, it very easily devolves into authoritarianism. So maybe these people come out and they're like, I'm an anarchist. I believe in mutual aid. And then a week later, they realize they have to force people to work and they still think they're anarchists. So that's probably where that comes from. They're not. They say after the police curfew, a 911 call came in for the shooting of the special needs teen. At the time, a Seattle Fire Department ambulance was approximately two blocks from the crime scene and police were stationed about a half mile away, the claims alleged. But instead of rushing to save the special need teen, teen's life, they didn't respond immediately. The fire department previously said they couldn't respond because it was too dangerous without a police escort, which didn't come until 2.39 a.m., about 20 minutes after Anderson was shot, the claims allege. Good. Good for the paramedics. They owe you nothing. You want to set up an autonomous zone? You want to have armed guards and no rule of law? I am under no obligation no one is under any obligation to go into your space, which you are in control of, and threatening people. It ain't going to happen. It's just not going to happen. You know, I, I, I've, I've got family. My dad was a firefighter. I understand. I've heard the stories. I've not been on these calls myself, so maybe understand isn't the proper pro appropriate word, but I've heard the stories firsthand. When, you, when, when they would pull up in an ambulance or a fire truck, and there would be a bunch of armed gang members standing around, they're going to be like, nah, sorry, dude dies unless you leave. And these guys would be like, we're not leaving. It's like, okay, well, we're going to take off. We're not getting out of our car with a bunch of dudes with guns standing, gang members. People are committing crimes. So, so often these guys would run away and leave and their friend would be bleeding out. That's, that's what they, You want to break the law. You want to operate outside the system. This is what happens. Granted, at this point, I'm very pro 2A, but I'm re referencing like gang war violence where people are shooting at each other, not just simply bearing arms. The post says, quote, for close to 20 minutes, 20 whole minutes, Seattle Police and Fire Department communicated with dispatchers on separate radio channels, communicated the wrong locations, and miscommunicated the procedures for providing medical attention to Lorenzo. Meanwhile, 19-year-old Lorenzo lay helpless on the pavement, bleeding to death, while 911 calls continued to pour in. I love this. I love this. I'm being facetious, by the way, when I say it. I love it. The people in the chop, the people who are LARPing like moron children, watching a man bleed out, going, quick, call the police too bad. You did this. It's your fault. Setting up your stupid barriers, your stupid LARP guards with your stupid LARP garden, and then someone gets shot and you go, quick, now we need the police and the paramedics. Call 911. No, you get what you ask for. It's an old adage. You get what you ask for. They say that in sales. You go up to somebody and you say, you know, I'm going to sell you this car. How about you give me $1,000 for this used car? Well, you get what you ask for. That's what they say. These people didn't want cops. They didn't want city services. They wanted their own autonomous zone. They put up their stupid little signs, now leaving the United States or things like it. And then when someone gets shot, they go, quick, help, help. There's one video where people are leaving a police brutality protest where they were calling for abolishing the police. And, and they, someone throws, one of these guys throws something at a car. And then the guy in the car jumps out with a, with a bat or a machete or something. And they go, quick, call 911. No, no, 911 should not be responding to these people. I'm sorry. 
I, I, for, for, it's, it's not about leaving them to their own devices in the sense that I want, want them to be suffer, suffering or in pain. I just think people have the right to opt out. If you're like, I don't want your services. Okay, well, there you go. Um, I, I suppose it's a taxation argument then, if you have the right to opt out of certain things. That's why I'm, I'm very interested in the school choice voucher program idea. You do got to pay, but you get a voucher. You can choose where you want to go. Anyway, long story short, if people say they don't want cops, the cops would be like, you got it, buddy. We're not going to waste our time somewhere where we're not wanted. Well, there you go. They say he lay helpless on the pavement, bleeding death, as 911 calls continue to pour in, with bystanders begging authorities to send help. I know that we set up this zone to reject and oppose you, but, but please come in now. Why? So they can get shot? No way. As Lorenzo's pulse faded, volunteers performed CPR while other bystanders were on the phone with emergency dispatchers, receiving conflicting information about how to get Lorenzo into the ambulance once it arrived. The Seattle EMT was less than a minute away from Lorenzo as he bled out. And the Seattle police were less than five minutes away from him as he bled out. Essentially, Lorenzo was left to die. If I were the city in this lawsuit, I would say, uh, Your Honor, we agree with all of the assessments made in this lawsuit. 100% yes. Uh, the, the, the city states unequivocally he was left to die. Absolutely. And then when the judge is like, why? Well, they, he wasn't in the city. So the city has no obligation to respond outside of its jurisdiction. That's right. They declared an autonomous zone. We respected that it was no longer the city of, uh, uh, you know, the city of Seattle. So sorry. Right. If that's what they wanted. Oh, but they're LARPing. You see, we can't have it both ways. We can't have a system that cuts loose Antifa in these Portland riots and in, 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 in Seattle when they're charged with felonies. And they're the people who are fighting cops, beating cops and then screaming, help, call the police. This is why I'm saying it's falling apart. Prove me wrong. Change my mind. I, I, I don't think so. Maybe, you know, the, the unfortunate reality is that stories like this are a bit too in the weeds. Regular people don't even know this stuff is happening. And for someone like, you know, me and for us, we're watching these things. We understand what, what's happening. So I guess this is why I've been buying crypto. Um, I've been buying gold. I've been buying um, hard assets. I'm not confident in this system at all. My confidence is completely gone. In fact, I'm confident the system is on the, on the verge of collapse. It is collapsing. I don't, I don't have good long-term prospects for the U.S. dollar. I'm seeing all these stories about hyperinflation, about market crashes. I'm seeing a situation where some, a group of people can block a, a zone, a, an area of the city, kick the police out, and now cry the police weren't there. How can both situations be happening from the same people? These are psychopaths. And you know what the problem is? Well, they're granted establishment control. They, the Democrats pander to them. I'm sorry. This country has a sickness. The Democrats will say whatever they have to say to get elected. Republicans, too, to a certain degree. But Republicans are mostly feckless and milquetoast, don't do anything. But the Democrats will just say whatever. They'll get elected. They'll do nothing. And the system just continues to erode. They say at 2.45 a.m., Anderson was pronounced dead at Harborview Medical Center after civilians transported him to the hospital. An autopsy report showed that he was shot in the hand, buttocks, knee, and shoulder, but none of the bullets hit his major organs. He just bled out. If they had went in there and, done, and did their job, I believe my son would still be alive, and I wouldn't have to be going through this right now. Well, I, I feel for you, man. I'm sorry that you lost your kid, dude. He has his own $3 billion lawsuit against the city. But let me just say, if you guys want to LARP and claim that this area is not part of these United States, then why would you expect local services to come in? 
But maybe that's just a stupid argument. Maybe the reality is if you set up a perimeter with armed guards and tell the cops not to come in, don't be surprised when they say, okay. Which brings me to the next story. This is my evidence to, uh, to you. So share this video if you agree with me on this assessment. I believe these stories, both happening on the exact same time, show us there is no possible circumstance in which the police can do their job. This is why I keep saying the cops should be resigning. The cops, many are. 700 officer shortage in Baltimore. 200 officers resigned out of Seattle. These are good, these are good cops. These are cops who are, 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 are not going to sit by and abide by terror. I'm not a fan of the, un, uh, of the enforcement of, unlaw, uh, of illegal or unconstitutional, uh, uh, the enforcement of illegal actions or un, unconstitutional law, sure. But if the cops were at the very least neutral arbiters, or at the very least, I should say, if the DAs were, then I'd probably be like, okay, we got to reform the system. That's where I was last year. Now, most of the good cops are leaving. Okay, once the good cops leave, we don't want to create a space for bad cops. Abolish the police department. People should be responsible for themselves. Everybody should own guns as their Second Amendment right. And now we need to start bringing back personal responsibility. It's not an ideal circumstance. I'm not saying it because I want, you know, people to not have like cops. I think cops are important. I think local police departments are very important. I think they serve an important function and the system is far from perfect. But I think we have a pretty good system relative to anywhere else in the world. But I don't want to see a situation where as all the good cops resign and they are and it's happened that, that, that these roles get filled by crooked cops and woke police, which is happening. Take a look at this story. Why they're not saying Micaiah Bryant's name. You're going to love this. After watching 15 seconds of, from Vox.com, by the way, after watching 15 seconds of police body camera footage last week, viewers of various races and political affiliations had made the decision 16-year-old Micaiah Bryant was the aggressor, the fat, huge, knife-wielding attacker and maniac, those are quotes from Vox, and deserved to be fatally shot. According to these viewers, Nicholas Reardon, the police officer who immediately shot and killed Bryant, who was holding a knife, was justified. That the teenager was in the middle of an altercation in which she was presumed to be defending herself didn't matter. Sorry. If you lunge at someone and then draw your knife back, you're not in a defensive position. Now, I think back to that video that came out of, I think it was, uh, uh, I'm not sure if it was, I think it was Seattle or Portland, where you got a guy with a baseball bat walking backwards, warning far leftists to get away from him. He said things like, I'll come back, I'll F you up. Sure, but he's retreating. That's a defensive position. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. You know, it's entirely possible that you could be in an attack stance and still be defending yourself, perhaps. But when a cop shows up and this is what the position you're seen in, sorry, it's justified. Here's what Vox says. The cries for justice that applied to George Floyd did not ring out as loudly for Bryant. Even after it was discovered that Bryant was living in foster care, she was in the middle of a fight with older women, 
when police arrived and that she was the ele- allegedly the one who summoned the, p- the police for help. Some of the same people who called for justice in Floyd's case used police talking points to justify the four bullets that he unloaded into Bryant's chest. I mean, chest, I guess. Shot her, it hit her in the back, I believe. She was brandishing a knife, many pointed out, which meant the other black women needed to be protected. Crisis response experts noted, however, that de-escalation tactics like commanding Bryant to drop the weapon, physically getting between the women, or simply communicating with her could have kept everyone alive. In many recorded encounters between the police and white people carrying weapons, for instance, officers didn't shoot first or even reach for their guns. They successfully managed to peacefully apprehend the suspect. You see the sophistry here. LeBron James tweeted the story out. The cop should have got between the women. Did you see the video? The cop is running up and and within seconds, she's pinning the woman down and got a knife drawn. How is he going to get in between that? He's going to teleport. He's Quicksilver, son of Magneto, and he can zoom right in between the people with super speed. It's impossible. Vox is engaging in sophistry so that these psychotic tribalists have some moral justification why they can keep pushing their stupid fake ideology. The cop can't teleport. I love this. He should have communicated. He had 10 seconds, if that. And he yelled, hey, hey, get down, get down. It's insane. It's insanity. When the cop intervenes and saves the life, they say, how dare you? Immediately after the cop shot this woman, this, this teenager, you see in the body camera footage, people going, what did you do, man? Why did you do that? Could you imagine what would have happened if he did nothing? Micaiah Bryant would have stabbed the other woman and they would go, why are you just standing there? What are you doing? Why didn't you shoot her? And that's the point. In Seattle, where they set up this autonomous zone and tell cops to F off, they're now going, why didn't the police come and save us? Because you told them to leave. Then in Ohio, they're like, why did the police come and shoot this woman who was wielding a knife about to stab another person? There is no circumstance in which the police can do the right job. And it's probably on purpose. I know these are different jurisdictions, different circumstances. It's not an autonomous zone where this cop was. But at this point, cops, y'all need to stop responding. Now I hear cops actually are not responding to many of these calls anymore. Good. If you're not wanted, you it, look, if, it, when we're seeing this stuff, you should you should err on the side of not intervening. Why? At least you won't go to prison. They, they, LeBron James posts a photo of this cop. He was called there for help. He sees a woman about to stab another woman. He stopped her. What was he supposed to do? These people think these cops are omniscient. They pretend like we had the like like we have clairvoyance. We understand what's going to happen. We are, we can see everything around us at all times. They, we, when we go back and visit footage, as in the Chauvin case, and we can watch it for hours and hours and hours and nitpick every little detail, you'll see things that the officers didn't see. And then they'll be blamed for it. You know what? Look at everything I just showed you. The cops who don't intervene are a problem. The city's getting sued. Well, you know, at least those cops won't be going to prison. This this cop, uh, Reardon, is, gonna have, is potentially having his life destroyed. I'm sure he's getting death threats, all the really bad stuff. He shouldn't have responded. Kim Potter, she's the one who shot Dante Wright, a guy who was wanted on aggravated robbery charges, who was armed. And she's now in, uh, I believe she was released on bail, but uh, she's facing manslaughter charges up to 10 years in prison. She probably won't get that, but sure. If you're a cop and you can't see what's happening around you and you choose to stay in this, I don't care to defend you anymore. I don't care. Because like I said, the good cops have already left. The bad cops are going to start filling the roles the good cops leave behind. That's the reality. 
I don't want a woke police force. So how about we get rid of the cops? Now, a lot of people said the feds will come in. No, they won't. The National Guard will come in. The National Guard can't police the, the same way that cops can. So maybe, but it won't be the same. I'm telling you now, conservatives, you want to stop supporting these these cops who are remaining because they're already starting to weaponize against small business owners and regular working Americans while letting Antifa go. Antifa overwhelms the system. They won't prosecute these people. They cut them loose. But if you're a small business owner who wants to sell a beer or a coffee, they will arrest you like that. If you want to defend yourself from the violent mobs, they will arrest you like that. And they've done it. One of the reasons I got out of the Philly area was because I realized, and I said it on video, I said in many, many videos, if the mob comes to my home, I said this, if we're, we're, we're near the point where if Black Lives Matter comes to your house and they're throwing bricks and they're screaming, the cops will look at the mob, look at you and say, it's easier to arrest you than it is to deal with a violent mob. New Jersey, because I was in the Philly suburbs on the other side of the river, also has a, a duty to retreat, which means in my own home, sleeping in my boxers in the middle of the night, if someone breaks into my house and a violent mob shows up, I have to jump out my window and run, you know, through the street with no weapon, leaving my guns in my home for the for the for the the mob to steal. That's the stupidity that is New Jersey. You are you have a duty to retreat your own home if you can. And that meant if I'm sitting there thinking, I've got nowhere else to go. What am I supposed to do? How how do you retreat from your own house? Where do you go? I guess the idea is it's you're better off being outside in your underwear than shooting someone. Then the violent criminals take my guns. Okay. Look, you know, gun safes are great, which I have. They can be easily broken open if nobody's in your house. They'll, they'll, they'll figure out a way. I mean, I have some pretty good ones now, but you know, like a small safe for your handgun under your nightstand or something, they're going to break that open relatively easily. That's the insanity that is New Jersey, that if someone broke into my house and threatened my life and I was, have gotten death threats and someone tried breaking my house and I use my weapon to defend myself, I get to go to prison. Nah, I'm not going to live that way. And it would be the cops who would come and arrest me for it, knowing that I was defending myself. I'm not going to play that game. And I think y'all would be crazy. Is this not enough evidence for you? If the cops don't intervene, they sue the city and complain. If the cops intervene, they blame the cop. Get out of these blue states if you know what's best for you. Now, if you're inclined to vote Democrat, or I should say if you're inclined to vote for the establishment, which could include people like Mitch McConnell, um, maybe you should just stay where you are and enjoy the fruits of your vote and your ideology. Me? I'm going to mind my own business. I'm going to I'm going to uh, I'm not going to get particularly active in local politics because I don't want to have an impact that could make this place any any way like the you know the cities I've come from. And I think people should recognize that. If you move to a red state or a rural area and things are going well, maybe you should listen to what the locals are saying about why it's going well. And there's a lot of other problems too outside of just law. I think you need to realize that population density makes things change as well. For the time being, you live in these urban metros where I did like New Jersey, I couldn't defend myself if the mob came because the cops would arrest me. So I had no choice but to leave. No choice but to leave. And there are cops who speak up and, you know, speaking out about Black Lives Matter. One cop in a Jersey town just got fired for calling them terrorists. She's correct. Another cop was demoted, I believe. But I'm sorry, I have very little sympathy for New Jersey cops. The laws, they, the gun laws they have there are, are one of the most insane in the, in the country. And so for me in my own home, knowing that getting death threats 
that people threatened to burn down the theater where I was putting on an event, knowing that the riots were escalating, I can't sit in this house and protect myself. I can't because of the police and because of the, the corrupt politicians. I had no choice but to leave. Dominoes are falling over. This should be obvious to everybody, but I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. The Facebook Oversight Board has decided to uphold the ban of Donald Trump, but they've punted the responsibility back to Mark Zuckerberg and says, you got to decide when and if Donald Trump can come back. Because first and foremost, the Facebook Oversight Board is asinine, arbitrary, and a waste of all of our time. It is a quasi-legal body, when in reality, it's just a group of lawyers with opinions, I guess. So that's what Will Chamberlain was saying. And he's right. It's meaningless. Facebook's like, we've put together this board. They'll decide for us. Oh, shut up, you spineless cowards. We are in an era of weakness. I am so sick of it. And you know what? I suppose... I need to only look in the mirror myself. Maybe I should get up and go do something. But I kind of feel like what I do here and in, in producing this content is something. And I'm not qu entirely sure that running for office or being involved beyond this would be more effective. So I don't know. I'm just sick and tired of seeing the fecklessness, the cowardice, the spinelessness, and the continued rot and decay that is infecting our society. It's sad, really, because you guys know I'm a big Star Trek fan, and I just, you know, would love to see this future of exploring the galaxy and all that stuff, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not too confident we're going to get there based on what we're seeing. Long story short, the Democrats are celebrating, saying Donald Trump should be permanently banned from everywhere. Yeah, that, that's completely meaningless, considering Donald Trump just launched his own private version of Twitter, which is awesome, by the way, and good for him. He could do more. But we have from the desk of Donald J. Trump, where he's basically created his own Twitter feed. It took him long enough. He just do it. I mean, you're rich. You could be like, give me some code. It's open source. And now people can actually share it to Facebook and Twitter. So, hey, good for Donald Trump. But here's what the oversight board is basically saying. They, they give a bunch of reasons as for the decision, why they're going to be maintaining this ban of Donald Trump. But they want Facebook to ultimately decide. And like I said, it's because nobody wants to take any responsibility for making hard choices. They want to be left alone. They want to eat pizza puffs in their in their lounge chairs watching the latest episode of whatever stupid show it is they're watching. Of course, now the GOP is going to take action. Break them up. GOP vows big tech backlash over Facebook Trump ban. And this is a whole just just so much more bloviating and a waste of our time. And I'm sick of sitting here saying, oh, gee, golly whiz, the GOP's going to sit down Mark Zuckerberg and nothing's going to happen and nothing's going to get done. And spineless individuals who are in charge of these systems will keep extracting from it. And the rest of us can, can just sit back and watch as the system rots from the inside out. Perhaps the rot has gotten so intense, the system is going to collapse, collapse, and there's not much we can do about it other than prepare yourselves for the collapse of the dollar and the explosion of Dogecoin or whatever it might be. Now, I'm not actually saying the world's going to end and the U.S. Will, will cease to exist. I'm just saying it's just not getting any better. I mean, we had this tremendous golden age and now things are getting more and more extreme as time goes on. Maybe this is the, the, the back end of the bell curve. You know, we had that peak of prosperity and now we're coming back down and things are going to start getting bad again. You know, we went up, roller coasters got to come down at some point. Well, here's what the Facebook oversight board says. Oversight Board upholds former President Trump's suspension, finds Facebook failed to impose proper penalty. 
then why are you upholding it? They write, the board has upheld Facebook's decision on January 7th to restrict then-President Trump's access to posting content on his Facebook page and Instagram account. However, it was not appropriate for Facebook to impose the indeterminate and standardless penalty of indefinite suspension. Facebook's normal penalties include removing the violating content, imposing a time-bound period of suspension, or permanently disabling the page and account. The board insists that Facebook review this matter and determine and justify a proportionate response that is consistent with the rules that are applied to other users on its platform. Facebook must complete its review of this matter within six months of this date of the, de- of the decision. They must do what? I mean, you're a nebulous board of nonsense. They say the board also made policy recommendations for Facebook to implement in developing clear, necessary and proportionate policies that promote public safety and respect, excuse me, freedom of expression. I'll tell you what this is. The oversight board is, exists in uh, because Zuckerberg and many other big tech companies, probably doing something similar, are scared that regulation is inevitable. So they think creating this quasi-legal board that's a waste of everyone's time, that's completely meaningless in every respect, will be distracting enough for everybody. And guess what? Hey, it is. I love it. The GOP coming out and being like, this decision is is un." is, is, is uncalled for and we must allow the, the president to return and how dare you violate our rights. And I'm just like, dude, shut up. I am sick of hearing from these from the GOP, from the Republican Party. That you, you, you People want to joke that Tim Pool's milk toast and all that stuff. And I think it's funny too because I, I am fairly centrist. But you want to talk about milk toast? Let's talk about the GOP and their inability to do anything. You mean you waited four months to finally come out and say, harumph, I say, we must do something about this. Shut up, you spineless cowards. If you actually cared, y'all would have been doing something about this months ago. And if you were smart enough, you'd have been doing something about it in 2018 when the news started breaking, it was happening. But you're too busy with your head up your butts to pay attention to what's going on. So you deserve to lose. I'm sick of it. You've got a bunch of, of, of cowards in government, both the Democratic and the Republican Party, who aren't doing anything. The Democrats will say whatever they have, they have to say to get elected. So they're just burning the place down. And the Republicans are sitting there with their feet up watching, saying, don't worry, we'll get to it. I love it. It reminds me of Dylan Radigan's speech on MSNBC all back in the day when he was inverted. And he said the Republicans want to burn the place down. The Democrats are kicking the can down the road for the next for the next several years. Well, it's inverted now. Quite literally, it's the left that are burning down buildings. and The Democrats supporting and propping them up. And the Republicans putting their feet up, putting their hand behind their behind their head and saying, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. So it's no surprise they can't win any substantive position. They can't win. They, they, they lose the House and the Senate. They can't do anything. They don't do anything. They won in 2016. And what did they do? They twiddled their thumbs and went. Burp, 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 burp. And then now that Mitch McConnell is in the minority, he's like, I'm going to fight this. No, you're not. Shut your mouth. These people are awful. Stop voting for them. I don't care who you vote for at this point. But am I supposed to stand up and respect the GOP? Now, I, I, I tell you, this is so hilarious. The story comes out. Facebook says they, they're keeping the pr- sitting president was banned. And now they're going to maintain the ban of one of the most prominent political figures in the country. And now the Republicans are like, we didn't say anything until now. This 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 arbitrary response. Now we're going to pretend like we're outraged as if the oversight board had any power to begin with. So you know what? I can be mad at Democrats. I can be mad at them for just extracting from the system and watching it rot to its core. But you know what? You vote for these Republicans thinking they're going to do something and they don't. 
And then they sit back. And then as soon as they hear the word, oh, what's that? Facebook's oversight board, who has no real legal authority, announced that Trump should stay banned, even though he was banned months ago. Oh, I'm outraged by this. Did you do you do you expect us to respect some random group of random people that Facebook just decided had some authority in their organization? It's 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 ridiculous. Nothing's getting done. Nothing will get done. The system will just continue to rot to its core because there is no one to do anything about it. And I got to be honest, they probably can't. The rot is too entrenched. It is endemic within the system. Donald Trump, for a lot of reasons, was bad, but for a lot of reasons was good. And maybe that was the last death. That was the death rattle of our of our institutions. A desperate attempt to put someone in who would do something about the corruption and the rot at the core. But Trump, of course, did not drain the swamp. He failed to get rid of the bad, all the nasty, awful career politicians. Maybe he didn't have the power to do so. But here we are. They've removed him. That was the death rattle, the gurgle of the system collapsing on itself. Here's what the oversight board says in a stupid waste of all of our time about the case. Elections are a crucial part of democracy. In January 6th, during the counting of the 2020 electoral votes, a mob forcibly entered the Capitol building in D.C. This violence threatened the constitutional process. Five people died and many more were injured during the violence. They go on to say Trump posted something which I'm not going to read. They then say Trump posted other things, blah, blah, blah. On January 7th, after further reviewing Trump's posts, his recent communications off Facebook and additional information about the severity of the violence at the Capitol, Facebook extended the block indefinitely and for at least the next two weeks until peaceful transition of power is complete. There have been lunatics running around various cities, burning down buildings, and Kamala Harris solicited donations for these people to get them out of jail. So shut your duplicitous mouths, Facebook and your trash board. At what point does any of this matter anymore? You know, it's funny. I throw it back to Dylan Radigan. He's been doing stuff with like Jimmy Dore and the Young Turks, I think, recently. I throw it back to him because he had that very famous rant that went viral. And then he ended up quitting and going and working on a hydroponics farm. And I'm like, man, do I feel that? What's the point about sitting here and talking about the problems when the system is so crooked and rotten, nothing's going to be done about it? They, they, $2 billion in insurance damage. And that's not even as much damage as actually actually happened during the, height of the height of the George Floyd riots. Antifa in Portland being cut loose. And the oversight board and Facebook do nothing. Nothing. It's all arbitrary. It's all double standards. And then the Republicans come out acting like this was the moment where they're supposed to be angry. Y'all were supposed to be angry four months ago and fighting the entire time. There's like five Republicans who do anything about anything. So I don't, I, you know, key findings. The board found that two posts by Trump. So what? The, the, the opinions of the oversight board are a stupid waste of our time. It would be like if I created the independent review committee and then had a bunch of rich people or lawyers be like, we've determined this. It's meaningless. Has nothing to do with government at all. And so the Republicans acting like now all of a sudden they're outraged are lying to you. And it's a waste of our time. 
given the seriousness of the violations, blah, blah, blah. They say within six months, Facebook must reexamine the arbitrary penalty. No, they must. They must not do anything. If Facebook decides to restore Mr. Trump's account, I love this. Facebook's like, we're going to set up an oversight board to make these decisions for us because we don't want the responsibility. And the oversight board is like, well, we're not a real legal body with any real authority. So all we can do is write blog posts and we don't want responsibility either. So back to you, Zuckerberg. And meanwhile, nothing changes. The system continues to rot at its core. And here we are. Donald Trump, well, here are the Democrats. Facebook should permanently ban Donald Trump. Shut up, Democrats. Donald Trump issued a statement. He said, actually, let me, let me read it from, from the desk of Donald Trump. Trump posted on his own version of Twitter, what Facebook, Twitter, and Google have done is a total disgrace and an embarrassment to our country. Free speech has been taken away from the president of the United States because the radical left lunatics are afraid of the truth. But the truth will come out anyway, bigger and stronger than ever before. The people of our country will not stand for it. These corrupt social media companies must pay a political price and must never again be allowed to destroy and decimate our electoral process. I really love how they're like, Donald Trump is subverting our electoral process. So they ban him, one of the most pro- the leader of the Republican Party, for, for what it's worth. How is that not doing the exact same thing? And that's why I say the system is just rotted to its core. I mean, what, what, what do we expect? The big tech oligarchs, places like Silicon Valley, one of the deepest blue pockets of the country, are shutting down the political speech of their rivals. During the pandemic, people then have to have their opinions filtered through big tech and they get banned and can't share stories about Hunter Biden. Yeah, that's right. New York Post wanted to break a big story about Joe Biden's son. Big tech censors it. You want to talk about who's subverting the electoral process? It's literally Facebook. And rest assured, my friends, that uh, you've got strong GOP uh, politicians who will sit back, uh, sipping on some pina colada, doing nothing. Literally nothing. They had the power to do it a couple of years ago. They don't now because they love it. They love the anger. They're right now sitting there laughing their asses off, saying, I love that they're so mad because they want you to get mad so that you go, I think I'll vote Republican next time. And then once they're back in power, they will do nothing. So I want I just I just want the Republicans to lose. I'm just so sick of it. It's, it's like I've been saying about the cops, the, the, the cops who are remaining on the force, enforcing unconstitutional law and following the whims of the corrupt Democrat politicians, abolish their departments. I have no respect for those people. I'm not talking about every single cop. Again, I'm talking about major urban metros. And now I see the Republican Party. Now, nah, you don't deserve to exploit the anger and frustrations of the working class to get elected and then do nothing. Y'all had your chance. Congressman Ken Buck, he's outraged. He is a uh, proudly representing Colorado's fourth. He said, Facebook's status as a monopoly has led its leaders to believe it can silence and censor American speech with no repercussions. Now more than ever, we need aggressive antitrust reform to break up Facebook's monopoly. The most stupid and asinine, absurdist statement. Uh, these, these people just have no idea what they're talking about. Um, Facebook's monopoly on what? Monopoly on what? Posting things on the internet? You can post things on the internet everywhere. It's not that Facebook is a monopoly. It's that Silicon Valley have a stranglehold over discourse. You can't break them up. You need to regulate them and protect speech. Breaking up Facebook makes no sense. What are you going to do? Make 10 Facebooks that all function the exact same way? Meaningless. The problem is that there is a centralized location by which we communicate in terms of political discourse. They are censoring political opinions. Breaking them up will do nothing. Unless, however, I will say, 
Highly doubt Ken Buck knows anything about the Fediverse. But decentralized networks that connect to each other and you can follow different people on different networks is a is a good idea. And then decentralization makes sense. For the time being, breaking up Facebook wouldn't do anything. Because breaking up Facebook would be, okay, the microblogging portion goes here, the video portion goes here, the marketing portion goes here. That's what breaking it up would do. Hollywood is under siege, covertly compromised by a global adversary. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream to the world is now making nightmares a reality. The American way of life is being censored by the Chinese Communist Party. Some films have scenes completely altered. Other films have lost their funding or been canceled altogether. Some actors have been banned from China for supporting human rights. Hollywood Takeover is a documentary brought to you by the Epoch Times, revealing how the CCP has infiltrated major movie studios. Join Chris Fenton, a former Hollywood executive, and Tiffany Meyer, an investigative news reporter, through their journey in exposing how the film industry gradually lost its integrity on its path to profits. Don't miss the most important documentary ever made about Hollywood. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free on HollywoodTakeover.com Tim. That's HollywoodTakeover.com slash T-I-M. I suppose you can do something really stupid like we're going to break up Facebook and take, you know, each individual state gets their own version of Facebook or something. I mean, maybe I guess if it's if it's guaranteed free speech run by the state and constrained by the First Amendment, that might make sense in terms of antitrust. But then what? It's like you follow people on like, you know, Maryland book or like Jersey book. And then you're like, I got friends, but I got to follow them over on Illinois book. Like, where does breaking them up begin? Into 10 smaller Facebooks? Facebook, Facebox, Book Park, what? And then you're like, well, I got to sign up for all these different platforms because different users are. No, people don't want to sign up for all these different platforms. Andrew Yang talked about this. He was like, people talk about antitrust in terms of, you know, Google. But does anybody really want to use Bing? He's right when he's talking about search. Now, if you want to talk about antitrust in terms of Facebook as an advertising department, they have a content department, they have microblogging, Google has ads, they have web services, they have cloud hosting. If you want to break those things up, I get it. The problem, though, is that Google dominates search. So if you search for news, your conservative news outlet is purged from the search results. For a long time, my channels were actually blacklisted on Google, which is funny because I'm on a Google, pla- a Google platform YouTube. That makes that makes no sense breaking it up because no one's going to use Bing. What needs to happen is a, a, a regulation uh, guaranteeing speech. So this is a, a uh, I suppose is a word you could say like a negative rights. And I hear many conservatives say, I don't want to impose my will on, on private businesses. We're not talking about forcing companies to do things. We're talking about forcing them not to do things. We're not saying that Facebook needs to speak on your behalf. We're saying Facebook can't remove your speech. There's a difference. This is stupidest argument. They're like, if, you know, and this comes from libertarians and some conservatives. They're like, if, if, you know, Facebook is forced to host your speech, it's a violation of their First Amendment rights because you're forcing them to speak. No, we're not. I posted that. That's why they have Section 230 protections, because I said it. No one's forcing them to say it. They didn't say it. I did. It's a protection stopping them from shutting down my speech. Of course, there's always there's always exemptions. If you're posting incitement to violence, you know, and things like that. Okay. But here we go. You know, a a call for antitrust breaking up Facebook monopoly. This just shows that these Republicans, they have no idea how any of this stuff works. 
Break them up. GOP vows big tech backlash. Okay, former President Trump's allies called to strike back. If they gain a majority in Congress, you see, that's what they're going to do. They're going to get the majority and be like, but we can't really do anything. Break them up, tweeted Jim Jordan. Why? A staunch Trump ally. Antitrust. Break them up. What does that mean? You see, the problem is Trump was banned. Banned from a platform by which Trump would speak to the public. Twitter and Facebook are different companies. They have different standards. Trump could post messages on Facebook or Twitter, and they would reach large audiences. There is a a monopoly on political discourse, but that's because there's no real viable alternatives because what makes the platform work is the the amount of people on it. You certainly could go to Minds.com, which I do use and is great, but they only have a few million users. Facebook has billions. Twitter has hundreds of millions. You can reach more people, and that's the point of the service, the ability to reach people. If you break up Facebook and Twitter into a bunch of smaller microblogging sites, it just literally makes no sense. Now, my plan is everybody should host their own federated microblogging site. So you have your own website just like Trump did, and it could connect to any other platform. Imagine this. Imagine you follow at DonaldJTrump.com. You know, imagine instead of going on Twitter and, find, and, and finding at real Donald Trump, you go onto a Fediverse app, Gab, for instance, and you search for at, uh, Donald at DonaldJTrump.com or desk at DonaldJTrump.com. And then all of a sudden, all the posts appear and you click follow. And now they all appear in your feed. It makes it difficult uh, when it comes to certain uh, hosting certain kinds of content like video and photo. But it's a start. And then no one can ban you because you're you're on your own website. People are following you just kind of like RSS. That's what we should be doing. That's not something you can go after Facebook or Twitter for. You can't break them up. We can impose regulations, restrictions, guaranteeing negative rights, meaning you you have a right to free speech. Therefore, big companies can't shut down your speech if they invite you in. I, I look at it like this. People say, if you go into a store and you start screaming, they can kick you out. Right. But if you go into a store that says, you know, like the, the purpose of this business is to scream and you go in and scream like, you know, the dude from Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber and say, no, 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 that not not that not, not that screaming. Nah, if the platform is for public speech and discourse, they should not be able to ban you on the basis of your opinions, even if your opinions are horrifying. You've got, I think they've got to pick and choose. You know, sure, private, private business, they can throw you out for almost any reason, but you are allowed to come in. And the issue arises not because it's a private business, but because it's, it's dominating the space. If there was only one place to get fresh drinking water, how long do you think it would take before the government comes in with guns and seizes that from a private business owner? And a lot of libertarians don't like it. Laissez-faire capitalists don't like it. I do. I think if there is a required resource like a water source, it should be protected by the, it's called the commons. If there is one store in your area, one and nothing else, then there's got to be guarantees that you can go in there and get stuff because, you know, Walmart pops up and they shut down all these small businesses. And then what they ban you from their store. So now you can't get food in your own area. I am not going to stand for that. We cannot allow massive multinational corporations fund psychotic Democrats to strip our rights and then and then fall in the But my private business don't care. Facebook should be under regulation that allows people the right to speak, period. And if you don't want to operate like a common carrier, then don't get in the business. But you do not get carte blanche to dictate how things go. You know what? For the libertarians and conservatives who would support these big private companies, you know what, man? Fine, whatever. 
When your ideologies cease to exist because you're watching them erode in real time, don't come crawling to me for help because I've been warning you right now. It's tough, isn't it? I don't have all the answers. I'm just some dude and I'm pissed off. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 